BBC Good Food Show Winter. It has been a busy few days and still some more to come. It's beginning to feel a lot like Christmas. The smells in the hall, the chefs are here cooking. And I'm delighted to say that one of my favourites, Paul Ainsworth, joins me in the studio. Paul, good to see you. Lovely to see you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very well. Paul, what have you been doing at the show this year? So uh, today we've done a demo, um, which we did a beautiful monkfish dish um, all the way up from Cornwall. So just showing all that lovely, beautiful seafood we have down in Cornwall. Uh, and then an apple and frangipan slice with Cornish clotted cream. Now that's in the show guide, isn't it? Yeah, and that's picture that picture. Is, yeah, one of those ones that just makes you salivate, <laughs> yeah. doesn't it? You see yeah, that? it's a cracker. Is, is that an easy dish to do, Paul? Really like easy. a showstopper for yeah. Christmas? Yeah, both dishes. And, you know, to be honest... It's very rarely, if any time, I'll ever do dishes from, like, Paul Lainsworth at number six. That's where, you know, that's where we have our Michelin star, you know, because, you know, that's for there. And, you know, that's about coming to the restaurant and enjoying us doing all of that work and everything for you. Whereas the dishes I want to showcase to people on stage are hopefully dishes that they may even go back and try today, tonight tomorrow um but they feel yeah you know what i could do that mm. and that's what is important for me to pass on the tips but for it to be relatable because i think also if you're watching a chef do something quite technical i'm going to be really honest it's actually a bit boring <laughs> um so you know but when it's when it's food that people can really relate to and understand yeah. the recipe and feel you know what, i can have a go with that and quite often then send you their pictures via instagram or mm. twitter or tiktok Fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. So what's been happening in Padstow since we last spoke? You've been busy, haven't you? Yeah, we've been very, very, very busy. In terms of, you know, businesses, you know, that's been very good. We've made a, you know, a very sort of conscious decision um, with everything that's going on at the minute that we're just, you know, we, we've always kept things quite consolidated anyway and quite, um, you know, tight in, in terms of making sure that everything is in the sort of the Cornish area. Uh, that way we can keep those standards, maintain, um, you know, a great, well, maintain and hopefully blow away those expectations people have. Mm. But more importantly, with the way things are at the minute, the most important thing is looking after the team. Yeah. Um, and after COVID, you know, we, you know, touch wood, we made no redundancies. Um, so, you know, sometimes you can get kind of caught up with wanting to go on to the next project, the next project, op open this, open that. But you've also got to have, you know, really good quality people mm. to, to, you know, to run these projects. So at the moment, we've got the five businesses and um, yeah, we've had a we've had a great year. Lots of people coming to the show are looking to treat themselves, yeah. um, quite not unreasonably. There's lots yeah. of fantastic producers here, aren't there? But also, they've got an eye on Christmas coming up. They want to make the best of what they've got and what they can afford. Um, your top tips for getting the best ingredients, the, the more cost-effective ingredients, and how to use them this Christmas, Paul? I mean, straight away, you 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 know, we can sometimes sort of certainly chefs can get you know a little bit um i don't know a little bit precious about you know you sort of go in with you know a rib of beef and mm. you know hate turkey and all of that kind of thing but a lot of people really really like turkey and you know buying a good turkey um a good quality one um you can't beat it you know if you get the butcher to take the legs off for you and cook the legs what i like to do is make what i call like turkey rolls so you just get the butcher to whip those legs off for you. Um, he'll take the thigh bone out and the drumstick bone out. So effectively, you're left with like a square of kind of meat. You know, put a, like a, you know, one of those sort of freezer bags over the top of it. Give it a little bit of a whack with a rolling pin to flatten it out. And then just basically fill it with like sausage meat. 
and mm. maybe for your sausage meat, put some cranberries, you know, cook down softly, you know, just a little bit of butter, some shallots, some, some garlic, mm. wrap all those up in tin foil, bake those in the oven. So then the legs are almost like these kind of, you know, like turkey roll. Mm. But then your breasts on the crown are then just going to cook evenly. And you're not, you haven't got that turkey anxiety <laughs> of basically trying to, <laughs> of basically trying to think, well, I think the breasts are cooked, but I don't think the legs are. And I saw one chef telling me to turn it upside down. I saw another program where the chef told me to, you know, leave it in my fridge for six days and dry mm. it out to get crispy skin. Telling you now, like crispy skin on a turkey, there's not really any such thing. Because mm. when you take it out, obviously the steam just instantly so, so do you know what I mean don't panic over it and I also think when I see chefs sort of saying to people to you know to make gravy you know we're all everyone's quite time poor um, and you know I think you know like yeah if you've got any trimmings or anything like that but like there is nothing wrong mm. with Bisto gravy and you know and stuff like that, and put the focus on cooking the meat, the roast potatoes, your favourite vegetables. Um, but you know, like sometimes life's a bit too short to be sort of making a chef-style gravy at home. Turkey anxiety. That, yeah, that's like the that. phrase. That's the. Fr- I love that. Yeah. That's the I phrase one now. One more tip for okay. you, which is a cra- like you know your leftover Christmas pudding. Yeah, lots of it. Yeah, if you've got lots of it, break it all up in your fingers. Okay, so you've almost you know like if you've broken up, if you like it looked like a broken up fruit cake. Put it in, get a hot frying pan on, tiny little touch of butter, put all of the, the broken up Christmas pudding. I'm talking you want it really crumbled down so it looks like a crumble. Mm. Then what will happen is you'll start to kind of, it'll start to go crispy, all right, which actually really accentuates the flavour of the Christmas pudding. Let it completely cool down once you've got this like pan of like almost crispy um, Christmas pudding and then get your favourite vanilla ice cream out like get it a bit soft and then just into a bowl and then fold through the Christmas pudding through the vanilla ice cream put it back in the freezer let it set again back to ice cream Christmas pudding ice cream next level done like it? <laughs> done and dusted absolutely that's going to happen <laughs> going to happen in our household <laughs> this Christmas without fail fantastic yeah. well it's Some, better than putting it in the bin isn't it that's superb two great tips there Paul fantastic thanks very much um, you haven't uh, you have been busy you haven't been putting your feet up because you've been doing lots of things travel uh, feast that you've yeah. done yeah and there's a theme here that was food and music travelling around Cornwall yeah. you've got your podcast which is a great title Knives Forks and Tunes yeah there's a link here. Yeah. Obviously, it's something personal to you, food and music. Yeah, definitely. Ex- explain. Um, I think that food and music are the two biggest emotions I think we feel ever as human beings. I'd actually put music probably in, in first with food coming a very close second. And the reason I say that is is because... I know from experiences, things that have happened in my life, um, how music can transport you back, what you were doing at that time. But you know what? Food does exactly the same thing, and it happens to me all the time, whether it be like, that reminds me of Granny Ainsworth going over there on a Saturday night and, you know, when she used to make me a chip butty or, you know, like anything. I had, I had like a bit of a food memory the other day of like, I just remember when I sort of, started to realise like eggs and soldiers and that sort of taste of an of a yolk yeah. and when you get a really good egg and they are powerful powerful things food and music and they are so linked but they're also linked I think in a way in terms of the industries you know of like what you know of like you know sort of you know creating 
a, a, a song, a great dish, you know, an artist, you know, whether it's to be a band, you know, everything that goes into sort of creating that song, creating that dish. So yeah, the two are the two are you know brilliantly linked. Um, they're big emotions, and nice forks and tunes is just about getting you know guests on and asking them these really sort of the the sort of the whole kind of idea of it is, what is your ideal dinner party? So give me your starter, your main course, and your dessert. Who would you have round the table? What would everyone be drinking? And what song would you choose for each course? Ooh. Right, let's play a game. I'll turn the tables on you. Yeah. Who would be your three ultimate dinner party guests? Okay. Sir Alex Ferguson, Sir David Jason, Stormzy. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> that, do you know, that's a chat I'd like to listen yeah. to. <laughs> yeah. um, and... Um, I've got to say, I've got to say four as well. I'd want you know I'd because also we say to them dead, alive, or fictional. Ah, okay. So I'm going to throw in. I'm going to throw in. You know, I'd love. I'd love my dad. One. You know, have one last conversation. Mm. With, you know, with my with my dad. Um, and then I would, I would go with something like scallops to start. Lovely. So I just I love I just love scallops. I love preparing them. I I love them in all their guys. So just some beautiful pan roasted pan roasted scallops. Um and then main course, I would love a roast dinner. Because it's just for me, it's the <laughs> ultimate meal on earth is a roast dinner. Um and dessert, I would go apple pie. Interesting. Apple pie. And I'd and I'd want to, and I'd and I'd go I, I'd want I'd want accompaniments I want I want I'd want accompaniments you want all the bits, I'd want, don't you I'd want <clears throat> I'd want pouring cream custard vanilla ice cream and then just and then and then go and then I'd like a big lump of cheddar because my dad was from the north oh, okay and I grew up like no like I grew up in the south and. It was only when I started going around friends' houses and, like, if their sort of parents would say, oh, we're going to have some dessert. And if it was something like apple pie or mm. fruitcake or something, I'd say, oh, could I have a piece of cheese with it, please? Which down south was odd. <laughs> Up north was totally normal. So, yeah. Interesting that as a chef who works at such a high level... Yeah. ...with such incredible ingredients and high standards... Yeah. ...your go-to place is comfort food. Yeah, yeah. And it's a really, really good question. And, and, and you know what, as well, I've, I've sort of often been asked that over the years. And in particular, one time, I remember when we launched our second restaurant, Cafe Reggiano, which was, um, we were doing sourdough pizzas, pasta. Now, you, I say that to you now, it sounds quite normal, doesn't it? But um, 12 years ago, like chefs who sort of, say, had a Michelin style, mm. almost you wouldn't be associated with a pizza. And... You know, I can answer that question re really comfortably now because, as much as I love, as much as I love, you know, getting the first season of um, season asparagus down in Cornwall from St Enadoc, or you know, we get the most unbelievable turbot or the most beautiful ribs of beef. At the end of the day, food in all its guises, if you are working with brilliant ingredients and whatever techniques, so at Cafe Reggiano, as much as I love working with the with the guys at Number Six where we have the Michelin star. I also love working with those guys and like, you know, when we're we're looking at like a live starter with the sourdough or we're extruding and making all of our own pastas, 
And I think that like when you love food, you love it in all of its you love it in all of its guises. And yeah. a roast dinner, you know, the vegetables that we grow now in the UK, the, the you know the meat, or you know sometimes you know monkfish in a, in a roast dinner is nice. You know the the sort of the vegetables, the meat, the fish. Um, you know, but and and again, you know. Is, you know, an apple pie made properly. I mean, yeah. is there anything more glorious? It's interesting you mention things like vegetables because they are often, you know, forgotten, aren't they? When, yeah. when we all try to do different things nowadays. But we are blessed in this country with some fantastic ingredients, some great yeah. produce. And here at the BBC Good Food Show Winter, a lot of um, local producers who are bringing produce that they put their heart and soul into yeah. to a wider audience. And, and that's it must be an impo- important thing for you as well to be able to kind of have a quick look round and find that little bit of shine charcuterie or that cheese or something that somebody's bringing to the show every single time you come to like festivals the bbc good food show every single time there is something that like i'll go back with whether it be something i found on one of the stalls whether it be something i've seen you know i've just walked past a stall now with them like buckets of pavlovas (laughs) <laughs> like 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 pavlovas yeah, yeah. like you know like done and they're and you just and then some of them they've kind of like you know splattered with like raspberry sauce and then dried them in the oven and they're like marshmallow in the middle with the vanilla um and as you say like things like charcuterie you know smoked fish there's you know and and, and a lot of the time as well you know i'm big into condiments i love condiments i love people that are making like proper piccalilli, the most beautiful Ooh. pickled onions. Yeah. People that are yeah. making like awesome chutneys that literally when you turn the jar around, it is literally just, you know, if it is the pickled onions, it's, you know, like the vinegar, the mustard seeds, you know, black treacle, whatever, whatever they're putting in there kind of special recipe. But there's no, there's no, there's nothing else. It's just that. And, Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. You know, there's one, I've just seen, you know, one person with a load of, you know, all different homemade mustards and buckwheat mustard and, you know, stuff like that. So it's, yeah, it's phenomenal. There's some clever producers out there. Yeah. Aren't there? Um, lots of people coming to BBC Good Food Show will yeah. be looking ahead to their Christmas Day. Yeah. Um, is the restaurant open Christmas Day? So the, not Christmas Day, none of our, Padstow, believe it or not, we get, we get really busy from Boxing Day onwards. Okay. So um, we always kind of close Christmas Eve and Christmas Christmas Day, but Mariners, our pub, opens right the way through. But on Christmas Day, we just do 11 till 2 um, drinks. So you get lots of people come down, have a pint, and then go back home and have dinner. So what is Christmas Day like uh, in your household? So this year, it's going to be me, my sister and her husband, um, my wife's uh, mum, stepdad and nan. Um, so it's going to be me, Emma, and my little daughter, Cece. And do you know what? It's going to start off with, like it always does, uh, we go down the beach, have a big walk along the beach. As you can imagine, it's on our doorstep in Cornwall. Uh, get back um, and just a nice ro- a nice roast dinner. Um, turkey may feature. I'm a bit of a, I'm a bit of a kind of, I love, I love like a nice glazed ham. Mm. Love it. Nice glazed ham, bit of roast beef. Uh, here's one for you, which you'll like, Yorkshire puddings. I don't get this, oh, you know, Yorkshire pudding's just with roast beef. Shut up. <laughs> really? Like, no. You can't go wrong with the Yorkshire pudding, particularly when you pour gravy into it and you get that little oasis. You're, a, you you're, oh, you're a man after my own heart. <laughs> a, a, a little oasis in your Yorkshire pudding. And you know what? With some fried onions. Nice. 
Yeah. Nice. Especially if you cook them beforehand and they've gone dried and crispy and you can yeah. crisp them on the top. Yeah. That little umami sort of thing you get from oh, the onions. Oh, look at you. Stop it. You're on fire. <laughs> You're on fire. Umami, <laughs> oasis. Now, hang, look on, at that. hang on a minute, right? Yorkshire pudding, ready? Yeah. Fried onions. Stick a little pig in blanket in there. Ooh. All right? Okay. And a little bit of gravy. I mean, listen, it's it's a Christmas Day hot dog. This is food witchcraft. <laughs> it's <laughs> food witchcraft. <laughs> With Paul Ainsworth. <laughs> Superb. Paul, as always, it is an absolute pleasure to Thank catch you. up with you. Thank you so much. I know you're, you're very, very busy here at the show, but I really do appreciate me. you coming in to talk to us. Uh, some great tips and hints from there. And uh, the um, uh, Christmas pudding and the ice cream, I shall have a bowl of that uh, probably on Boxing Day, and I will think of you. <laughs> have a great Christmas. Thank you very much.